The portal opened up and Ole Miss survived it relatively unscathed. We give you everything that went down in day one of the transfer portal right after this. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Lockdown Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Today's episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing that you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON, that's one word, at checkout to get an extra 30% off your order. Also, thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the podcast. Um, also, hit the bell for notifications and participate in the conversation by commenting down below and, of course, upvoting the video. If we get to 3,000 subscribers before the Texas Bowl, we will do a live pregame show. So we'll live stream for a little bit before the game starts. Should be pretty cool. If not, if we can't get there by the 28th, if you can get there by the 31st, we'll live stream next year. That is that is our gift for you guys to participate in the community and give, give you another opportunity to get together. So it should be really cool. Anyway, the portal opened with a bang. And I think everybody that follows Twitter, your whole timeline popped up with people entering the portal. And there were surprises that popped up throughout the day, such as um, Devin Leary, the quarterback for NC State, who was injured this season, goes into the portal. Mike Wright goes into the portal. DJ um, Ugalele goes in the portal. And you start to look down at everything. Hudson Card's in the portal. portal. Graham <clears throat> Murr, or whatever his name is, is in the portal. And... You see, a, see what's going to happen is a bunch of teams that struggled last year that might be down on their luck programs, there's going to be a bidding war that happens in the portal. For Hudson Carr, Zach Calzada entered for Auburn. Um, Keaton Slovis went back into the portal. Um, the quarterback from Boston College is going to pit. There's already been a commitment in the portal. So you can see that everybody will try and basically base their hopes and dreams on a portal player. You can see that that is likely going to happen. And with it comes almost the desperation of a hit and miss, a gambler's thing. If we can only get this right, we can turn it all around. That is happening through desperate programs all around the country right now. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but people are spinning that wheel. They are playing that game. They are going to take hit me and hope that it comes up 21 and it's not a bust. That is what's happening right now with the transfer portal. It's basically like quarterback football season roulette. If you hit on a good one, you're probably going to a bowl game. If you've been on a bad one and you missed the fit, you're probably going to continue to struggle. So programs that have struggled like you know, Auburn, like Vanderbilt, like um, Colorado, who's about to turn around with Dion potentially, Arizona, 
Boston College, I mean, programs that have been very down on their luck, they're going to see the transfer portal as their ticket out. So if you hit that, you can turn it around fairly quickly. If you hit a bust, you could be in trouble until the roulette wheel goes around again next year at this time as well. So we'll see exactly how it goes. It's, it should be a lot of fun, honestly. We love the um, transfer portal and everything that it brings, and we can't wait to do the live stream at the end of the portal um, to where we talk about all the things that Ole Miss brought in and all the players that Ole Miss lost and all of that stuff. We'll talk about that at the end of the period, but right now we're just kind of going to follow it as it happens. So you see people all the time. Um, I'm in a giant group chat with all the Locked On hosts, and Florida is going through some things today. They're up to like 15, 16, 17 kids in the portal. Plus you have the stuff that went down with Kitna. Um, Anthony Richardson and Dexter um, going to the NFL. They, I mean, they have a large portion of their roster that even before they go to Las Vegas um, has already declared their intention. So Texas A&M, as you can imagine, got really hit. Now, people that are major contributors, that, that's the secret sauce to this. People that are major contributors, they're not really transferring at this point. There's a couple of them that do it, but it's not the over arching thing that brings out in the transfer portal because the starting quarter, Connor Wigman for Texas A&M, Texas A&M might have finished seventh in the West. They might have been Texas four and eight for real or Texas five and seven or whatever that was. Um, but Connor Wigman knows he's going to be the guy. So why don't you stick around with Evan Stewart and Moose Muhammad? It's going to be really hard for those core receivers to get out because of the way this thing, the season ended for A&M. So we'll see exactly what happens with A&M moving forward and with other programs in the SEC moving forward because you still have to deal with opt-outs. You still have to deal with NFL declarations and all of that because you're trying to get the roster down to a certain point where you're fairly comfortable of knowing exactly how many scholarships you have because with the 25 being suspended, for the next two years, and it basically everything is about the 85 to where if a player transfers out, you can replace that guy, which means you could have 40, 50 signees in a year, depending on the transfer situation. You can change your roster really fast. You can also decimate your roster really fast. Everybody's going to talk about Deion Sanders and his speech in Colorado and everything about, hey, we're going to work you really hard. I'm going to try and make you quit. If you don't think you want to do this, get in the portal now. Which, A, is a speech that anybody that has played sports has heard 10, 15 times over the course of their life. But in the age of the transfer portal, with the roster limits being what they are, and there's no 25, the more that transfer out, the more space you have. And everybody's talking about he's going to bring players from Jackson State. Maybe a couple but the players that are going to transfer in are probably not from Jackson State. He's going to try and upgrade that Colorado roster because at the end of the day, Deion Sanders is not a fool. He knows what's going on. He knows that he's walking into a 1-11 team that is in desperate need of a roster overhaul, and he's going to do it, and he's going to be pretty cutthroat about it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But things like this transfer portal 
is a major, major first step with that. So today's show, by the way, is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together a special curated gift package to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. So go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use code LOCKEDON, that's one word, Locked On. At checkout and get an additional $30 off your order. Send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress like the legendary butcher's cut filet mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and of course, easy-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Remember, Omaha Steaks has everything you need to give the gift that is simply perfect. Gift like perfectly aged, tender steaks, juicy burgers, decadent desserts, and classic comfort meals. A gourmet gift from Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart. A gift they'll remember with every unforgettable bite. Plus, with this special radio offer, get 30% off your order. That's with a minimum order required, by the way. $30 off your order. Shop early and beat the shipping rush. Whether you're shopping for friends, family, colleagues, or yourself, every order is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee. Omaha Steaks. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. For your second listen, though, today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right. Ole Miss in the first day, at the time of this show, me recording this, nothing surprising has happened. Ole Miss looks like they survived it. Um, Luke Altmaier um, transferred out. I'm going to bring the list up right now just so we can just make sure what's going on. But I think we had an offensive lineman that popped in the portal. But – like Eric Cade went in there. And you have players like Damon Clowney, and you have, I said Luke Altmaier, you know, Isaiah Woolard went into the portal. People like that. And so far, no surprises going into the portal, which is a good thing. Honestly, that's a sign of a happy program if you're doing the NIL stuff and um, having fun while you're doing it. Why would you want to leave? So, Day one for Ole Miss, gone relatively well. They've already locked up Quinshawn Judkins, so we didn't have to worry about him. Lane Kiffin coming back, that's a good thing. Now, remember, when everybody talks about what happened in November with Lane Kiffin, they're not against Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is still a top-five coach. The off-the-field stuff just rubbed some certain people the wrong way. That, that's it. That's what he has to fix. He has to fix nothing about running the program. He just has to fix about essentially um, some relationships that might have been fractured because they, they were. We're, We can all prevent, pretend like the last two weeks of the season didn't happen, but it did. Um, Now, is it going repairable? Yes. Will it take some effort? Probably. And I think he will get it done. But whenever people talk about it, it's not a mutual exclusive thing. You can't be, you can be upset about one thing and perfectly happy about what's going on on the field. So understand that as well. 
But that's the reason I say this is a relatively happy locker room and program. Um, you don't see a lot of people running for the exits, the NIL money, and war chests. I think, I think it came out that Ole Miss was like um, six hundred thousand or, or six or six million dollars more or something than Auburn as far as cash on hand because Ole Miss was over ten million dollars and Auburn was a little bit over four, but they were committed up to thirteen or something like that. Anyway, it was not cash on hand, and it was it could have been just like Enron math for all we know. But Ole Miss is $10 million cash in hand. So this program is in a position that it hasn't been in recently in the past. And I've, I've said over and over again, in 2014, this program changed. Changed forever. That Peach Bowl birth and getting boat raced by TCU changed everything. That led to a Sugar Bowl, which led to another Sugar Bowl. Two coaches back-to-back have gone to NY6 Bowls at Ole Miss, um, with the exception of the NCAA probation period where favorite son Mac Luke was in charge. But other than that little middle period, Ole Miss bounced back pretty quickly. And a lot of that has to do with the transfer portal. A lot of that has to do with recruiting and the way things are built up around the program. But I, I'm overly impressed with the way this looks. I mean, I'm. it sounds silly. I mean, obviously I'm a – Huge fan. Um, but even just looking at the roster construction, I'm impressed. And I tell people all the time, for as long as Lane Kiffin is here, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm pretty much through with, you know, counting every year past beyond. It's not planning for the future anymore. It's just enjoying what you have. Uh, but as long as he's here, his hatred of losing, because he genuinely hates to lose really hates to lose. That means your NIL is going to be in good shape. You're going to have good facilities, the things that need to be done, game day atmosphere, all of this stuff really similarly to, honestly, what Mike Bianco does. And that Skip Burtman model of just having your hands in everything. Lane Kiffin does that, and it's because he hates to lose. He wants to recruit at a high level. He wants to recruit in different ways to give himself an advantage, and he's always looking for a way to win. And one of the things he has discovered on this is a happy locker room is the best locker room. And they have fun. That is one of the three things that is very important because we always talk about it. Pro mindset is number one. Competition is number two. And fun is the third thing. Those are the three things that they get out to the public whenever they're trying to recruit. And they genuinely have fun. You can see it's genuine, it's real on the sideline. Um, so that comes through to recruits, especially in places that might be overly hard. Whenever the culture of trying to get to pro mindset and competition, getting to that point is a little bit too hard to where you can't quite have the fun yet. The fun comes when the first two is done. Fun is always number three on the list. So in some places, until they can get to the point where fun is an option, they're going to work really, really hard because at the end of the day, coaching football hasn't changed in 70 years and the way you get through to kids because you do have to do certain things to instill your culture. You do have to run players off that, do, that don't fit your culture. And because of that, and now with the transfer portal, some schools are going to have huge numbers because it's different than what it was 
Some schools are going to be okay and be more of an intake program out of the transfer portal. And some's going to be like same number out, some same number in. It's going to be really interesting. We're going to live and die by the recruiting high school players. Get those 25 players, and if we got seven slots left over, yeah, we'll fill those up in the transfer portal. Some people are going to be completely different with that, and that is okay. But I'm really, really um, impressed with this day one of the portal. Like I said, Ole Miss came out relatively unscathed, at least as of this recording. If something changes, we'll hit on it tomorrow. But there's some things that popped up that make me really interesting. And whenever we hit our transfer spotlight in the third segment, we will talk about some of the tight ends that have popped into the portal, which that's a position of need. Ole Miss is going to compete for them, and Ole Miss has already at least offered one of them. We will talk about that, and I'll give you the name of two other players that are just really good players, Um, people that are out of region that I know who they are, Um, even with me not watching a whole bunch of football in their league, I know who they are. So they're pretty good players, and I think Ole Miss is going to be in the market and potentially get one of them, you would think. Now, they could get a tight end completely different, and they also have um, their Kyron Heath. He's on the roster. Michael Trigg is just suspended at the moment. He has not been kicked off the team. But I think Ole Miss needs to, let's say, take out an insurance policy in the event that um, Trigg doesn't come around in time for next season. We'll see exactly what happens anyway. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Can we pause the pod for a second? Okay, we're paused. Great, because you have to try this. I'm talking about Built's new reimagined flavors. That's cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper. What? White chocolate peppermilk granola. It's Built's take on granola bars, but it's so much more filling, still insanely tasty, and candy cane brownie puff. Built puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. They're revolution nutrition as we know it, with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories, 130 calories. As we all know, sugar is the devil. Just sink your teeth into that first bite, and it'll change your life forever. I'm not kidding. There will be a time before you try these new built flavors. And magical, wonderful time afterwards, you're probably wondering which flavor is my favorite. It's an unanswerable question. I know you tried to get me there. They're all unbelievable. They're all different, and you can order a mix box so you can try all the flavors at once. So you can do that. So this is built. You have to try this. You can get 15% off your order right now by using the promo code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. That's all one word, LOCKEDON15. Get 15% off your order at built.com. All right, thanks for making the Lockdown on this podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, what we're doing right now, we're trying to count down to 3,000 subscribers. We're going to make a big deal out of this. We're going to talk about it every day. And what I want is for you, if you have not subscribed to the show, to go ahead and give us a subscription. We're going to try to get to 3,000 subscribers. And if we get to 3,000 subscribers... We will do a live pregame show for the Texas Bowl. Now, if for whatever reason that it doesn't hit on the 28th and it's there on the 29th or 30th or 31st, we'll do live pregame shows next season. 
So we're planning on live stream. You're going to have your um, chance to have a conversation over here. We're going to talk about the stories of the game. I mean, by then, the transfer portal should be jumping as well because it'll be 22 days or something like that into it. So it should be really good. And tune in for that. Subscribe to that. Tell a friend if um, you already have. And we're going to have a lot of fun following on sports in the future. So today in our transfer portal spotlight, and normally we have graphics up, but we didn't really have the time to build them today. Um, but I do want to talk about three names, and it's specifically some tight ends that have popped in the um, portal. C.J. Dupree um, from Maryland went in this morning. He already has an offer from Ole Miss. I imagine there's going to be some visits and they're going to recruit against him. If you follow me on my Twitter profile, there's a highlight of him from YouTube of him hurdling and doing all he can do on a wide receiver screen. Really good athlete. And people, if they need to know exactly the end that we might have there, it's probably Chance Campbell, honestly. Chance um, came from Maryland to Ole Miss. There's probably the relationships there that happened, honestly, through DJ Durkin back in the day. But that is probably the end that I think about um, on this positional change. But it's a really good athletic player, 250, 260 pounds, six foot five, prototypical tight end, has a chance to do a lot of damage in this offense. And the reason we are focusing on tight ends, and if you want to get a little bit in the weeds on this, is the seven-yard box within the linebackers and the defensive linemen, we did not use those hardly at all. And those were staples under Matt Corral and Evan Ingram and Kenny Oboa and all of that. Used them over and over again. They used the middle of the field as a weapon. I always talk about all the time about how this offense tortures linebackers because they can't be right. If they come up, you're exposing yourself behind you. If you go back, the running game is there. And then you got the jet sweep going side to side. It's an offense that makes false steps. It gets space. Even when the offense doesn't block very well, which we've seen many times, the misdirection and everything in each play can open up holes in the defense, even if you don't touch a soul. And, but for that offense to be clicking on all cylinders, the middle of the field needs to be used. And we talked early in the season to Bill Flowers, over and over, he talked about having a more substantial route tree and what they were doing and how this offense was, for lack of a better word, predictable at times, especially in the passing game, specifically because the middle of the field was just like a donut-sized hole that they just didn't use. And a lot of that might be because they were scared of Jackson Dart turning the ball over, you know, like he did against Kentucky where they he just didn't see a linebacker dropping back. Maybe. But it's at the point now where it's kind of time to take the training wheels off with Jackson Dart. He showed at the end of the year he can handle this offense. And it's time to take the training wheels off. And part of that is going to be a pass-receiving tight end, catching the ball, using him in the middle of the field. And the other side, a slot receiver, a big-time slot receiver. Jordan Watkins did a fantastic job this year. But he looked like an outside receiver that was forced into a slot receiver. There was not really any slot receivers that we saw during the season. Jalen Robinson, I don't know. He was hurt the whole year. I don't know if he's going to go pro. I don't know what's going to happen. He might come back. I think he can. 
but we'll see exactly what that looks like because he does have that phone booth type wiggle ability to make really impressive plays. So we'll see exactly how that happens. But um, C.J. Dupree from Maryland is absolutely a big-time player and somebody to watch. Two other tight ends that popped in there is Austin Stogner from South, South Carolina. His playing time went down towards the end of the season, but he's a really good tight end. He would fit our need very well. Um, he could be used in the middle of the field and is an excellent pass-receiving option. And also Eric All from Michigan. Um, Eric All, if you remember correctly, I think last year or two years ago, caught a game-winning pass and was a genuine weapon for the Michigan Wolverines offense. He, he may not be the new quarterback's favorite target, but he's a guy that can be a weapon in the receiving game. Good hands. Um, Eric All out of Michigan. But those are three names. One that Ole Miss has absolutely already offered. Two that I have not confirmed either way, but they feel like players that would be in the pecking order to get what they need. And if Ole Miss can get one of these three guys, Michael Trey gets his head um, sewn on straight, um, and also Kyron Heath comes back and becomes better than ever, all of a sudden the middle of the field tight end problem gets solved. And you move your resources from that point over to the slot receiver position because you need both. Now, like I said, I enjoy getting in the weeds and I enjoy talking about Ole Miss football in a fun way, um, and especially stuff like this. The question is, like, what will this player bring to the situation that Ole Miss is currently in? How would this player improve it? And then visualizing how they would do that. that I mean, I'm, I'm not special. Most fans do that. I'm not saying that, but I love this. It's one of my favorite parts of the year. The transfer portal is just a gift from heaven to me because I can picture what's going on you know you know Braden Fisk or something like that playing a five technique three down line everything perfect just prototypical guy to play that and and you know going to be a lot of fun to see anyway anyway so I'm going to get out of here. hope everybody has a good day. Sorry about my phone going off. Um, but enjoy the podcast. Enjoy the portal. We're going to continue to do it. I'm, I'm going to try and set up an interview with Chris Lovell of Locked On Red Raiders um, to talk a little bit about the bowl game. And we're going to try and have multiple hits, including a game day or game week hit of a crossover episode with him as well. So you'll get to know him over the next um, couple of weeks as well. So we got the transfer portal. We got regular recruiting. Um, Sunterine Perkins apparently locked in with Ole Miss. I actually said that to a reporter. So that's good news because the 3-2-6 becomes a 3-3-5 instantly with him playing a box safety role. You put Ladarius Tennyson on the other side and you basically have a 3-4 defense for people that want a certain type of defense. You need more beef playing the five techniques, defensive end, and all of a sudden – you have something that could be really good. So I, I'm, I'm really curious. Ole Miss has an opportunity to transform themselves through the portal and recruiting. Uh, Marvin Burks did um, decommit from Ole Miss and is going to Missouri. That's fine, his home state school. Um, I'm not saying it's not a loss or anything like that, but, I, I mean, I completely understand it. We're trying to do the same thing by flipping Dante Dowdle trying to get him to go to the home state school. Almost has a visit with him, by the way, coming up. We're also going to have John Garcia, and next week we're going to have Mike Huseman um, talking transfer portal after all of this gets percolating a little bit. 
So it should be a lot of fun. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports Today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Anyway, this has been the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Um, tune in tomorrow. We're going to keep it going. Take care. Peace.